It's Baldry's Beat, Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief, Global News. Good morning, Keith. Busy day. Oh, man, super crazy busy day, really heavy news day. Let's start with the port strike, so BC ports paralyzed again. Yeah. And we all thought this was over after that mediated uh, settlement, and it fell through. What happened here? Yeah, so the, the negotiators uh, agreed to it, it appears, but the union's got this structure, bargaining structure, that some other unions have as well. So the, they have a caucus. What the, what they in their words they call the caucus, and oh. so they rejected it. It did not go to the membership for a vote, so the membership of the union has not weighed in on this one way or another. But the caucus, which I don't know how many member make up, how many members make up this caucus, uh, they said no over wow. the uh, earlier endorsation from the negotiating committee. Usually, uh, the negotiating committee resigns when when the union says no to something you've agreed to, so they haven't done that yet. So, um, basically, judging from the uh, the only thing you said is a very terse news release. And the first line was basically this agreement did not go far enough to protect jobs. So that's the number one deal breaker. Um, the, the wage offer, 19.2% compounded over four years, uh, taking the, the hourly wage um, over $57 an hour. Uh, um, a signing bonus that's prorated, depending on how many hours you work, but for a full-time employee, works out to about $3,000. An 18% increase, uh, more than 18% increase to the one-time retirement payment. If you work at least 20 years, you get not, almost $100,000, $96,000, $250. So those are the wages. But that wasn't enough from the caucus's point of view uh, to offset the concerns over job loss. and From automation? From automation. Yeah. Uh, contracting out of uh, maintenance, mm. that seemed to be a big issue. The employer had moved at the 11th hour on that, saying, why don't we send this out to an arbitration committee? Yeah. Uh, I think that's what the mediator recommended as well. But uh, the union obviously fears that uh, this was, did not go far enough to protect jobs and the, the really sticky issue of automation. As as we see ports around the world are moving to automated ports and the days of you know hundreds of longshoremen unloading containers are or distant past in many ports. Okay, lots of pressure on the Justin Trudeau government to step in here and oh, put yeah. a stop to the strike. Let's listen to analyst John Corey here on the impact of the strike. Let's listen. I think the government doesn't have much choice now but to legislate them back, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, 13 days was bad enough. It's going to take till October to clear that through the supply chain. And if this goes back on, not only is it going to get you know jam up the supply chain, it makes Canada look like a, a, a laughingstock. Okay, well, you've already got the labor and federal labor minister now saying that the, the strike is illegal, right? So, yeah, so they're going to step in. they got to put a stop to this. Oh, I think so. You have Pierre Poliev today saying demanding the Trudeau government act immediately, which yeah. signals to me that Poliev would back, you know, no surprise, back back to work legislation. Um, potential jammer in the works, though, spammer in the works, is the NDP opposition. Would they support back to work legislation? Likely not, which means... Not sure what the rules are in Ottawa. In BC, it takes three days for a bill to pass the House unless there's unanimous agreement to do it right now. Yeah, and right. we have seen unanimous agreement from time to time in BC to, to pass things quickly. Not sure the NDP would um, grant permission to change the rules to pass the back work bill immediately. Haven't heard Jugmeet Singh on this. I'd be surprised if he would support that. Which means once the House convenes, um, <clears throat> if the rules are there are similar to the rules here, it would take three days. But you've got Poliev signaling he's prepared to do it. But again, as we discussed yesterday, the Liberals are always a little wary of Poliev, figuring there might be some tricks going on here that he wants to talk about more than just the port strike if the House comes back. And there's I think, I think the House other... will come back very quickly. I mean, Doug, isn't Doug Ford on Twitter 
tweeting that the, the House is coming back? Ontario Premier Doug Ford just tweeted that uh, Parliament's going to reconvene. I haven't seen that haven't confirmed seen any, anywhere else. Um, John Iveson from the National Post says it, it appears Parliament will, will be recalled. Is that the only option to put an end to the strike? They must recall Parliament? They can't put it through, like, regulation or anything? I don't think yeah. you can regulate uh, with any legislation. I'm not sure what the, the under the Canadian Labor Code, what the 90-day cooling-off period mm. rule is. I'm That'd not sure if that, can, if that can be done by ministerial order. I'm not yeah. sure. I have to check on that. Yeah, because I guess the question now is, well, obviously, the government has no, no alternative here. They have to put a, an end to this. The, the minister's clearly signaling that's where this is going. But I guess it's just a question of how quickly can they get it done? Mm-hmm. Do, do these ports remain paralyzed now for a few more days? Well, again, if they suspend the rules, they can do it in, in an afternoon. But if not, it may take three days. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. So we keep a very close eye on that one. That's, that, there could be big developments on that at any time. So make sure you keep it locked here as we continue to focus on that. Decision day. Yeah. BC policing. City of Surrey. 12 noon is the, uh, is the announcement by Mike Farnworth. What are you hearing? Well, all signs, and we've talked about, we've t- you and I talked about this at length, all the signs are pointing towards SPS, going the SPS way, because of recent comments by Premier David Eby and other premiers about the RCMP, that the RCMP's staffing issues are unsustainable, in David Eby's words. Yeah. To me, that says there's no way they would go back to the RCMP. You've got other premiers saying basically the same thing. Um, Farnworth put out a statement two days ago or yesterday, in the wake of that Toronto Star article uh, that said the federal government wants to revamp the RCMP and turn it into the FBI of the North and get yeah. out of local policing. Yeah. Uh, it said that governments had made submissions on that point. Farmworth put out a very interesting statement saying we have not made any submissions on this, but we'd be very interested in doing that, which, again, suggests to me this government is moving away from the RCMP local policing model. And I think it starts with Surrey. We'll know more at noon. Okay, Surrey City Council, the RCMP union, both making these desperate sort of last-minute hours to keep the Mounties in Surrey. So let's listen. Grand. Yeah, they, well, we've got the signing bonuses that Surrey City Hall is offering for members of the Surrey Police Service. The, Patch over to the RCMP. The Surrey Police Union um, uh, lawyer told our Catherine Urquhart yesterday that his his take is that that $10,000 offer breaks the law and also breaks violates the labor code because it's also uh, raiding a union mm. to stack to staff another union which is disallowed uh, just not allowed and well, it'd be interesting if they if you did that whether the BC Federation of Labor would weigh in as they did with the nurses union when they raided but, the HEU. But we've also seen other cities offer incentives and bonuses for, but, like, the city in, of Victoria, for example, was offering bonuses to in, police officers to move there. Well, only internally. Okay. Not to another jurisdiction. So this is the difference here. This is a pointed offer to one police union, police detachment only to come over. Now, he works for the union, so he's going to make, you know, the pro-union arguments here. But it may become a moot point. Yeah. Depending on, as you as you said yesterday, I mean, depending on what Farnworth uh, comes down on on at noon, the, that ten thousand dollar bonus may go away. Who knows? Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke continuing to just insist that they're keeping the RCMP. This is our call. This is our jurisdiction. She put out this on Twitter yesterday about staffing up the RCMP in Surrey, despite the the looming decision here. Let's listen, Brenda Locke. Yesterday, I'm happy to report that restaffing the Surrey RCMP to full strength is exceeding expectations and ahead of schedule. Okay, that was no just idea. yesterday. I have no idea what that means. So again, if if the decision is to move forward with SPS, it takes the 
the power I mean, Benelog doesn't have any power anyways, but she may file some sort of judicial challenge to this, depending on what the decision is. I mean, I don't think this is going to, as you and I have said, when, what, what's the end game here? What's the f- f- final moment? We yeah. don't know. I mean, Farmer's going to do his thing at noon. I'm assuming it's going to be SPS. We'll know for sure. But then we'll see what the next step is. I wonder if the city of Surrey and their lawyers could persuade a judge to get involved in this and maybe put a, a freeze on it, any sort of further transition. I've is talked to some possible? lawyers about this. I'd be, they've, I've not seen any legal opinion that said that would be a likely course. Yeah. You know, because if you take a look at or something, you've talked, you've talked earlier about the, the precise wording of the BC Police Act, and it does appear to say that Farnworth has the hammer here. He can several, force it through. Several sections suggest yeah. that the ministry has ultimate power here. Certainly a municipal council doesn't have power. And I think one of the arguments... Against the RCMP, Surrey does not exist in a little box. It, yeah. it's a, it has impact right around the region. And, and even the RCMP has indicated they could staff RCMP in Surrey by moving RCMP officers from other detachments. And that opens the door to saying, wait a minute, that's not a safe situation. So, And, and Farnworth has said that before. And I don't see how anything's changed on that okay. front. All right, 12 noon is when the decision comes down. I think it's live on Global News at noon. I think it's live on NW. Yes, we'll have it. They'll be live on the Jill Bennett Show here this afternoon. Uh, Real quickly, Donald Trump, former U.S. president, of course, running for the Republican nomination for president again, uh, facing potentially another criminal indictment here. Here is Trump speaking last night about the potential for more criminal charges heading his way. Let's listen. I got the letter on Sunday night. Think of it. I don't think they've ever sent a letter on Sunday night. And they're in a rush because they want to interfere. It's interference with the election. It's election interference. Never been done like this in the history of our country. They want to try and demean and diminish and, and uh, frighten people, but they don't frighten us because uh, we're going to make America great again. Your thoughts? Oh, oh boy. Um, this is working for him, though. I mean, this is the, his, his supporters are, were cheering him on last night. Yeah, but I'm, I don't say hall. it's working for him. We don't know that. He's yet. still he's still winning in the polls. He's way ahead of DeSantis. He's ahead of DeSantis, but Christie's yeah. starting to come up in, Is he? Uh, a bit. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, I would say Trump's the favorite to win the nomination. Sure. Yeah. But we've t- talked about before. A lot of legal analysts in the states think this is the most serious thing facing Trump. It's the Georgia overturning attempt. He's caught on tape phoning the the lieutenant governor thing it is uh asking for them to you know get rid of some votes for the democrats and find some votes for him yeah and a lot of legal analysts say this is the most serious this is not tax evasion you know this isn't fraud this is actually very serious trying to overturn an election overturn an election almost sedition so this is the most serious thing he's faced yet All right, phone lines are open right now, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Tom and Ladner. Hi, Tom. Good morning, guys. Hey, one thing, I I see you guys all the time. One thing has not been brought up is a a, a senior-ranked longshoreman is able to bring in a non-family member into the the fold, into the union, for cash. I've heard up to $50,000 you pay this non, uh, the senior member to get into the Longshore Union. That has not been brought up, and that's common knowledge. Oh, is it, what is it, like oh. jobs for life for the whole family? How does that work? No, 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 outside the family. You can bring oh, outside the family. Outside the family, you bring it, they pay you money. That's a fact. You guys look into that. No, All right, I'm okay. not aware of that. I mean, the hiring hall rules are, you know, 
Byzantine to some yeah. people. So I'm not sure if that's a rule or not. But yeah, I mean, uh, that may be all come out uh, if this settlement is imposed. Maybe we'll get some pretty nitty gritty details on exactly. So one of the things the union comes back with when you say, oh, so the median salary or wage is $136,000 a year. Good grief. Which, so that's median. That means $136,000? The same number of people earn less than that yeah. as the number of people who earn more than that. Yeah. Right? So the very senior people make, you know, um, even more than that. Oh, wow. There's, there are people in the ports who make well over $200,000 a year. Was that with overtime? Just, yeah. And seniority. Or, or, or seniority, um, shift differentials, weekend work, night work. Um, so the, again, the basic wage is fifty will be fifty seven dollars an hour uh, if this settlement is imposed on them, which is about one hundred nineteen thousand a year. But the income tax says, wait a minute, there's lots of people who earn less. way less than that, which sure. is true. So yep. there's just as many people earning far less than one hundred thirty six thousand as earning more than that. Shannon in Langley, hi Shannon, go ahead. Good, good morning, gentlemen. On this Surrey police thing, are they going to be pulling like detectives? to put them back into traffic control and general duty if the RCMP stays. But I believe it's the largest city in Canada without a municipal police force. I believe it's time. All they do is kick it down the road if they don't. And, you know, like Brenda backwards, she's just, I don't think she knows what she's doing. Thank you. Yeah, again, I go back, just all the signs are pointing to going SPS because yeah. the signs are pointing to go away from local policing for the RCMP, not just in Surrey, but right across the country. That's where this this whole debate is, it, not a debate, this whole thing is headed towards dramatically remodeling the RCMP into a different type of agency. The contract is up uh, in the early 2030s, I believe, and even before then, I think you're going to see police reform. So if Farnworth comes out here at 12 noon and he announces anything else other than we're going to the SPS, like if he says, okay, you win, Brenda Locke, you can keep the RCMP, you will be shocked, I'd right? Be very, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. I mean, it's, I guess it's possible, yeah. uh, but it would be one heck of an acting job by the premiers yeah. and Farnworth for the last few weeks to, to support that scenario. So. They do seem to have tipped their hand on it here. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Andrew in Surrey. Hi, Andrew, go ahead. Hi. Uh, um, my thoughts are keep the RCMP for the rest of their uh, their contract, and we seriously need to be proactive and get a metro-wide force. We really do. I mean... The, the waste of money bringing in a police force, a municipal force that will be around for 10 years uh, is ridiculous. We've got, we've got nine years left on the RCMP contract. Let's finish it off. They, you know, if they've got staffing problems, everybody's got staffing problems. It's not the, the yeah. change of uniform. Won't, won't do anything about that. There's, I mean, and I don't think there's been enough emphasis put on the fact that it doesn't matter what uniform a cop wears. There's not enough of them. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. Andrew, thank you for the call. Well, he touches on the whole issue of amalgamation of police forces around Metro well, Vancouver, which a, has been on the table for years. So you've got an all-party committee here agreeing yeah. to a province-wide police force. Yeah. So you don't, there's not any political differences on this. Now, do you have a regional police force, and does the RCMP take care of rural areas? I mean, that could be could be a hybrid model. But I think the days of the RCMP being this municipal police force are numbered. Busy day for you. Thanks for taking the time oh, yeah. to set it up. 12 noon, right? Live coverage on, on Global. Global and NW. Yeah, thank you, Keith.